Good to know. Um, something's breaking up for me, but you know what are you gonna do? It's uh, it's gonna be a good day. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Hey, um, I gotta tell you. Have you seen that vigilante man? I've got a good friend uh, with us today. We got uh, a Phil. And I'm gonna turn well, the mic up. What is a vigilante? Is one of those working? You got? Can you talk in one I of those? I think everything's working fine. I can hear you. All right, dig. I can hear you too. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna celebrate your musical life. My evolution. <laughs> your uncle appreciation. Yeah, from just like you were like a protozoan or something, and up into this, uh, you know, blue whale you got going now. All right, man. So stay tuned. It's gonna be good. Sleeping just as still as a mouse Man come along and he chased us out in the rain Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days we'd pass the time away Sleeping in some good warm place Man come along and we give him a little race Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man And he said, unite all you working men Killed him in the river, some strange man Was that a vigilante man? Does a vigilante man? Why does a vigilante man carry that sawed-off shotgun in his hand? Would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land Come in and- 
The girl can't help it She can't help it The girl can't Now she walks by The men
Yeah, and there it is, a uh, theme from Man From Uncle, because uh, we lost. Uh, I'm going to see what Mike did. Is that working there? Yeah, David McCallum, right? Uh, there you go. David McCallum, uh, who, uh, God, what was that? He was on, um, I don't know, one of those L.A. Or, uh, well, I did the NCIS for the CIA, Yeah, the, the NCIS for 20 years. Yeah, right? Um, right. And he did Man From Uncle for, it was like like one season or whatever that one was. Hey, it's uh, Bug House Square. It's Mutiny Radio. We're on, a, we're on the corner of 21st and Florida in the beautiful mission where it's always flat and sometimes sunny. Isn't that right, Phil? That is right, and it's beautiful tonight. Yeah, it is. It is a beautiful day. It's supposed to be nicer tomorrow and even nicer the next day. You know, you know where that's like. We've got our summer finally showed up. It is. We got all half a dozen days. Whew, it's gonna be good. So yeah, um, uh, 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 we've got Phil here. We're just kind of, we're, we're Phil's been in. He's kind of our jazz go, uh, our our jazz guru, you know, and also a uh, a lifelong San Franciscan, which is good. I always. Uh, I always show great respect for for the born and raised. I've got uh, I live with two, and um, I know I know a few as well. And it's uh, it's there's something about the born and raised versus the the interloper. You know that that. Well, there's uh, so few of us left. <laughs> well, they're they're making more. You know, uh, <laughs> they're they're still making them here. The new arrivals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, but. So, you know, we usually do like a jazz show, but I was like, you know, let's, um, you know, you, we've talked about shows that you've gone and seen and uh, the scene in San Francisco uh, throughout the years. And I, I don't want to say how old you are or whatever. You may keep this uh, under your hat. But, um, you know, you're, you've been around a while and, and, and we're at a pretty young age. You were into the scene, right? So, yeah, well, I grew up, uh, luckily there was a, a great thing called the Top 40 Radio. And uh, with Top 40 Radio, you had just about every kind of music available. And so that's what we were listening to growing up. So starting out, for example, we played uh, Little Richard and Chuck Berry. And that's like the foundation for me of my rock and roll growing up, uh, that Top 40 era. And then uh, we jumped into little Paul Revere and the Raiders, which was a, a group of the very first album I probably bought as a little burgeoning rock appreciator. You remember, I'm assuming that was AM radio. You remember the station? Of course. Uh, well, we had KYA, KEWB. Those were the local rock stations. Across the bay, there was KDIA for the soul and KSOL. Oh, those man. were the soul stations from Oakland. Uh, and now, when later, did KPU come along? Uh, uh, KPU is li later than I know of. Okay, yeah. okay. But then later in the 60s, the big uh, scene was changed with the KFRC, which came on to be the dominant AM station of the Top 40 radio. God, that's not, you know, AM is such a wasteland these days. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't go there, but it just seems like it's like, oh, like Christian and talk and I mean, just like crazy Hot talk. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, um, but um, what did you do you have a radio? I mean, how'd you listen? You oh, got well, yeah, well, there was transistor radios, radios in the house, radios in the car. Right. The car radio was always going. Were your, were your parents into the rock scene? Or? Uh, you know, they didn't favor it so much, but when we, the kids were in the car, we kind of got to listen to what we wanted to. Oh, really? Was, yeah. Man, it never was like that with me. When my mom was in the car, she'd flip over to the classical, so. Okay, all uh, right. We go back and forth. Yeah, my mom was into, you know, if we went to like a Western 
you know, country western. But she wasn't like that at all. She was into like Pearl Bailey and stuff, but there just wasn't that, you know, that wasn't really available. Um well, they yeah. had a station here in town. Of course, it was KFOG, which was uh, which later became a rock station. But that was the sort of uh, sounds you were hear on KFOG was uh, uh, Pearl Bailey, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, right? Tony kind Bennett, of a that big kind band, of stuff. yeah, uh, big band stuff. Nice. Well, um, so we did that, and then what? I played you um, a live Little Richard. Uh, yeah, I played this live Little Richard from his uh, greatest hits live record, and. We also did, all right, what are we? Um, we talked about, uh, we did Little Richard, Chuck Berry. We did Paul Revere and the Raiders. We talked about yeah. briefly. What Here did they do? What was the song? We did Louie Louie. Louie Louie. All to right, about let's that. throw down. I'm, I'm uh, getting my gloves out here now. Uh, but <laughs> so you like this version better than the Kingsman? I do. I like this version much better. State your case, please, sir. Well, it, to me, it was like a really great garage band sound where the guys were playing all their stuff. And it was, I think it was a great rockin' song. I think, the, I don't know. I like the, I think, I, the, it's not I think I the Kingsman like, swang I it better. I the, the Kingsman. I like their version. I just like this one better. Okay. I th um, and my, my opinion is that they, uh, the Kingsman swang it much better. And that was, that was a pretty, uh, it was the risque was, version. <laughs> Yeah, and it, I think that was like proto garage to, for me. That that song just sounds, it just sound, you know, it was just like one microphone you know, hanging in the room. It was just like, you know, the drums are all blown out. It was a, that was a great song. All right. And so we also uh, did, uh, of course, your man from Uncle Theme, and then I uh, got a hold of the Jimmy Smith Walk on the Wild Side because again, going back to Top Forty where you could hear everything, and there right. was country music and uh, jazz music and instrumentals and comedy and rock and roll this was the very first song that grabbed me in terms of jazz and it was probably the very first album i ever bought of a jazz artist was jimmy smith's greatest hits all right and that's why i always go back to it that's fantastic and and he was the the hammond b3 he like was a hammond b3 maestro. genius yeah he was the guy that's crazy so the uh walk on the wild side was that from the the, from the, the, from the a, play it was from the movie okay uh, he uh, he didn't do the theme in the movie itself that was just his version of it okay because i have that record i just i don't know i bought it because it was walk on the wild side mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was a dollar right. uh but you won't but hear, not it wasn't hear, jimmy smith you won't hear him no. yeah no okay um what do we got? We've got... Um, so we've got plugged into your CD. You've got Moby Grape coming up. Okay, so um, Moby Grape. That's one of those bands that, like, they should have been, like, huge, but they weren't. Were they... Yeah, they ran into problems, but their first album was a classic, and uh, Columbia Records signed them, and but they didn't exactly know what to do with the album, so they released about eight tracks all at once. <laughs> at, Which, at singles or at singles it really confused the uh, listening audience as to what was going on because they were all kind of different or well they just didn't know which one to produce and so or which one to push right and so they released so many at once it sort of hurt the album but the grape for me was the very first group and i had been to a few concerts in my early youth uh -huh. and uh having seen the rolling stones and the jefferson airplane and the new animals i finally got around to my first bill graham show where Moby Grape was opening up for the birds. Okay. And when I saw Moby Grape, I Moby Grape, I said, "Wow, those guys are really good." And they were they were they local? Uh... Well, they were a local band, although most people seem to think they should have been more of an LA band. 
Okay. Because they didn't have that real San Francisco sound. They had much more of a powerhouse rock sound. Okay. Now, when you say you went and saw these um, uh, those other bands that you mentioned, what were some of the venues you were going to for that? Uh, well, was the it? very first show I ever saw was uh, was a benefit for uh, Governor uh, Pat Brown Sr. when he was running for re-election in 1966. And uh, that first rock group I saw actually was The Association. Oh, wow. And uh, they had had a couple big hits on the radio, and sure. that was at the time when they were touring. So that was the first rock band I saw. Did and they do Along Comes Mary? They did Along Comes oh, Mary, that's a they great did tune. Cherish, and they did a couple other big ones. And also on that show is the very first blues person I ever saw who was Big Mama Thornton. No shit. And she was on the same show, but the headliner was a killer was Sammy Davis Jr. Whoa. It was a killer show. So that was the very first show I ever went to, and the next one I went to. What? So hold on a minute. So what you wanted to, I mean, who? how'd you find out about the show? Oh, and, well, my uncle was a was a teamster, and so okay. he had tickets. <laughs> I so get he you took me along because he knew I liked uh, singing and dancing and, and music. So he said, why don't you come along with me and check out this show, and it was great. Oh man, that's 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 great. And then, um, what was the name of that venue again? That was well, that was at Winterland. Okay, it took place at Winterland. I don't so, even know where is where, is that still Winterland there. Doesn't exist anymore. It was torn down uh, after the last waltz. I think was the last big show that happened. So there. what? What describe was it like an old theater, like it was a beautiful? Old, it was a big ice rink, is what it was. Okay, they used to have ice shows there. All right, so ice follies and stuff, but it was a. So not really a tiered kind of seating kind of thing? Or? Well, it had, you know, balcony seatings and seating along the side. Right. And I guess room for folding chairs Okay. Uh, for a close-up for the ice skaters. But then when there was rock shows, all they had were the seats upstairs and the seats along the side, and the rest people were standing or sitting. Okay. Yeah, sounds like the Aragon in Chicago. It was, uh, kind of, it was like an old dance hall, you know. Yeah. That's it. Right on. And that- so that was that, and then when I saw... Uh, the Rolling Stones, that was at the Cow Palace. Okay. Uh, what year would that have been? That was 66. 66. So they they've, they had toured. That one, was their second tour. Second tour. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Man, so they were still kind of a blues act. Uh, well, they had a bunch of hits on the radio. It was, yeah. you know, at that time they had had. Uh, Painted Black, I guess. All that. Painted Black was a little, little bit better. Right. They were still doing a, a Get Off My Cloud and right. uh, Satisfaction, right, right. Lady Jane and right. some of the early Heart stuff. of Stone. Yeah, exactly. That sort of period. Right on. And the other one was uh, Civic Auditorium when I went to see the new animals, which was Eric Burden, but all the old animals were gone and he had the new group. Okay. Which you might have seen if you saw the Monterey Pop movie. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That was the group. And then the next show is when I saw the birds with Moby Grape. Man, all right. So, um, did did any of the the artists from Moby Grape go on to do anything? Uh, Nothing really. They sort of reformed in and out with different uh, local things, but nobody ever got. Well, let's check out this Moby Grape uh, business. Uh, uh, All right, we're gonna do this. That's turned up. We're touching.
majestic silver seas. Your mysterious mountains I wish to see closer. May I land my kinky machine.
up and slow them down Otherwise we'll all end up part of town I don't want to lose my heel, do you? We've gotten overstorm and decadent Now's the time to change the strange predicament I'm gonna keep my heel, are you? It's very easy to say Man, that just ain't the way While you're contemplating a raindrop Sure that none of us are giving in I don't want to lose my world, do you? In a world all of us are radical Now is not the time for a sabbatical I'm gonna keep my heel Are you? I got one thing to say Wine, wine, wine. Hey, 
everybody's sports, and if you buy a half gallon, you're playing it smart. Drinking wine, 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 everybody has that part of me.
Yeah, that's Magic Bus. The who? The you? Or do you say the you? <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So, um, do you ever see the who? Yes, I did, and we'll talk about the who in a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, get your notes together, man, because we got to get, get the story's got to be uh, spot on, man. I'm I'm ready for a good who story. So, uh, well, actually, before we get going, I think we need to mention uh, that uh, Mutiny Radio is a... Oh, yeah. You know, I always forget. To, uh, the. I don't always forget, but I sometimes I forget the housekeeping stuff. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're it's, um, it's pledge uh, week. And uh, if you come through the website, there's always a donate button that's available there. So if you can uh, do that. And if you live in town, that's uh, San Francisco or the Bay Area... Pam Benjamin, who is the, uh, she's the, the big sister comic out of here and handles things with the station. And she's putting together this comedy fest that she does every year. This is, I don't know, the ninth one maybe. And there are just the, the town. It's like uh, fleet week, man. They come in these, like the comics and they, they go like six, six across, walking any, down the any sidewalk. Names you know? Anybody they, they, no, but they just pushing people out of the way. You know, they're like, <laughs> just like we're in town, man. The flag boys are here. Um, no, I don't know any of them, but that's the thing. That's the beauty of it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to uh, you come through the website and find how to. It's a QR code. You ever use one of these things? They scare the hell out of me because you don't. It's just like yeah, all right. You know, and I don't know what this thing does. It could have just drained my bank account. I don't know. So there's a QR code, but there's got to be a way to do to do it without that, maybe. Um, or if you do, if you're into that sort of thing, which everyone is. I'm just like, what am I? You know, I'm just like an idiot. So, but um, you can go. Uh, you can buy a ticket that goes. You know, for it's like a pass. You can get in all the shows. And it's live here. In the <clears throat> yeah, hell yes. 
Um, there's there's one night here. I think it's next Friday, maybe is here. But there's like a half a dozen venues in town that are uh, they're hosting the uh, comedy fest. Okay, yeah, great. yeah. So it's yeah, it's the um, it's a thing. So you can buy a um, a pass and you get a T-shirt and it helps the station out because we're we're really uh, we're kind of struggling here, you know, because a lot of people do this um, in a very uh, you, you can do it anywhere, right? You know, play records and create something and, and spit it out. But we've got, a, we we maintain a storefront here on the corner of 21st in Florida. And it has a running water, right? Yes, we do. It does, yeah. And and, um, and uh, the, uh, a, a toilet that works and a place to sit down. Um, got some lighting. We'll turn the lights on in a little bit. It's getting darker now, isn't it? It's getting darker it's faster now. It's weird how that works. That's what I love, and I'll say that every time it happens is that I love the six to eight slot because I get to see the change of seasons. You know, I can come here, I can come here when it's dark, and I can leave when it's light. You know, it's weird. Come when it's light and leave when it's dark. Yes. <laughs> Which is probably more more, more than yeah. <laughs> So uh, what do we got? Let's do the Ruts Rundown, what we listen to. So we started out with uh, one of my uh, favorite early groups, the group that I thought could really play in the San Francisco sound. It was Moby Grape, and they're playing their tune, Hey Grandma, off the first record. That was good. That, uh, that, was, that was a good number. And yeah. then we jumped into Paul Butterfield Blues Band. Okay, yeah, I think I brought that record in. I've got those. Those guys, they could play. I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm just like a pop. Cool. So, you know, some of the, I got into blues. I don't know. Sometimes well, it's hard for me to, to the, so that white really boy blues stuff. About them is Mike Bloomfield was considered the hot guitar player at one time. Yeah. Uh, and then he got, you know, overshadowed by some of the uh, other guys who came to follow. That were prettier and, that, well, and could sing better. They could play a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean. At one time, the, he was also Bob Dylan's guitar player on a number of his yeah, records. Yeah, on all those, that, yeah. whatever, that Highway 61, I mean, he was all over that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, we're, uh, what else What else we got so in then, there? Uh, we did a couple of back-to-back Jimi Hendrix. I, Hendrix, we had, we were going to argue about this, right? You said Hendrix was a, 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 a poser, what, what were you saying? Poser, yeah. <laughs> poser is one of the greats, yeah. <laughs> So I gave Purple Haze, and uh, you gave us Third Stone from the Sun. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we got a, we got an extra help in the Hendrix yeah, with that one. Yeah, nothing like a double dose of Jimmy. It is. There's, there is one of my favorites. I remember telling my mother in the car, <laughs> listening to Purple Haze. I looked at her and said, "Man, that guy can play." Uh, <laughs> and your mom was like, "Yes." She goes, yes. "Sure, son. Okay." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. They didn't care back then. I don't know. I'm sure they did, but. So that leads us over to the Electric Flag, which was Mike Bloomfield's band after he left the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. Yeah, those those Fields guys, they I get them mixed up, the Butterfield and the Bloomfield. Uh, <laughs> are they both? Did they both end tragically? I know one of them didn't. Well, yeah, I think Paul Butterfield also died of a drug overdose, as did Mike Bloomfield. So, yeah. Jesus Christ! All right. Tough yeah. times there in the. 60s. Just taking it down a notch, Phil. You know. Sorry. <laughs> Got to say, well, Jimmy, he went out bad too. So yeah, they're it was all sad dead. Times in those days. So then we jumped into one of my very favorite local bands. Yeah, the Sons of Champlin from uh, Marin County, and a band that I listened to an awful lot because I thought those guys could really play their instruments uh, uh -huh. much more than a lot of the uh, bigger names. And I thought the Sons had a great sound and uh, really a terrific sounding group. And uh, then we got in a double dose of the Who. The Who. 
So the Who for me, uh, I broke out shaking all over because from the live at Leeds, and you got the Leeds. the sweet copy because I've all, the only thing I've ever known is the single record. You know that's got yeah. like three songs on it. Well, I've got the double dose, which gives <laughs> you the two hour show, which uh, I saw uh, basically twice. Nineteen sixty nine, I saw them at the Fillmore West when they oh. were first playing Tommy. No, in the in the Fillmore. I mean, uh, West, yeah. so uh, what's the Fillmore? It's a, that's the Fillmore. Well, is the it? Fillmore West was actually on Market and Van S. Okay, and wow, the, yeah. And the original Fillmore is the one on Fillmore at Geary. Okay, so the Fillmore West was after that, or that after? was after that. They moved the location because uh, at the time Bill Graham uh, felt his customers were being harassed by people in the neighborhood. He wanted a little safer space. He was afraid of black people. I think so, and his customers were too. So uh, he moved it to a Van Ness and a Market, which used to be the Carousel Ballroom. Hey, was, when did they when did they start the Western Edition? What year were they? Did they knock all that shit at down? Well, that for was Geary? in the sixties, and they started. They just had a show about the Fillmore on uh, PBS, uh -huh. talking about the the uh, urban renewal. Which was that uh, was a load of shit. Yeah, they they knocked that whole place down and screwed all those people and and all the people that moved out never got to come back because they couldn't afford it. It was a terrible. Right. I mean, there a lot. Of, there were well established, beautiful Victorians that they just like tore up. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's a whole other yeah. story. Man, we're you. still like pile driving this thing. Can we take it any lower? <laughs> Hard times in San Francisco yeah. in the sixties. But uh, so anyway, do did the Who and I liked uh, the Who. They were one of my very favorite. Uh, Live bands, they impressed me. Probably. So you saw them like with Keith Moon. All right, so this is uh, this is pretty impressive. Um, so the first time you saw them, it was was doing the Tommy tour. Doing or? Tommy, the Tommy tour uh, before they went to Woodstock and uh, got on the movie and got even more famous than. What they do, were. do you remember? Like what they opened up with, just like they the start of the with, record. They opened up just like on the record. Heaven and Hell was the opener, oh, which is a John Entwistle song. And, uh, of course, Daltrey sang it, but uh, it was a John Entwistle song. And then they played a bunch of their other uh, hits. Uh, after they, after the Tommy? or Well, no, a bunch of stuff before Tommy. And then okay. they played pretty much Tommy in its entirety, uh, missing a couple of songs. And then they closed it out. The night that I saw them, they closed it out with Magic Bus. And then they had to leave in a hurry because they were uh, facing charges in New York from an incident at the Fillmore East where... Townsend knocked a policeman off the stage who was trying to tell him the building was on fire. Uh, uh oh. So he had to rush back to New York to face the court charges, which which were dismissed. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's. But, uh, that was a Thursday night show, and it was like ninety minutes of just unbelievable greatness. It was, my uh, my eyes were wide open, going, "Wow." <laughs> Man, so this was a describe the venue, what kind of. Uh... Fillmore West was a kind of a small place. I think it held maybe less than 3,000 people. Okay. And uh, an, an interesting show. Uh, on the bill with The Who at that time was uh, Woody Herman and his uh, big band. What? Yeah, that was the... Uh, was that like a joke? or I mean, No, Bill Graham liked to mix the, uh, the uh, bills up, and he would okay. put on jazz guys and blues guys and rock guys. He mixed it up. And so the Woody Herman fans were the get, kids were the kids getting into the Woody. No, most of the kids <laughs> got up and left after the who. But the, the Woody Herman fans stayed and uh, listened to the band and were digging it. One of my my friends and I, we got up and left, too. OK, after the who there wasn't much else to say. We had yeah. seen it all. Man. All right. That's uh, and uh, good, decent sound system. I mean, wow. was it a good sounding venue? It was, was excellent. Was excellent. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, the following year, uh, which was I saw them, they moved over to the. Berkeley Community Theater, which is basically Berkeley High School. 
Okay. And uh, that venue holds about 3,500 people in a theater-type seating. And The Who played Tommy again. It was just a longer show by about half an hour. Okay. And the killer part of this was uh, Bill Graham had given them some uh, spotlights, which they put in the back of the, the stage, which you didn't see until they turned them on when they're singing about uh, Tommy being oh, blind. Oh, right. And they blinded the whole audience yeah. with these <laughs> With these stage, you know, these spotlights. Yeah, right. It was unbelievable. So that was just like a, a huge uh, climax. <laughs> right. Damn. So it was just uh, even better. It was like a miracle show. Was, those are the two of the greatest shows I ever saw were The Who that, during those days. I thought that was their peak, their highlight of their years. Do you uh, remember how they closed the show? Uh, my Generation. A very okay. long version of My Generation. Did they smash their stuff? No, they didn't. I, he tossed the guitar in the air, but he never smashed it. They were probably in debt by that time. They were <laughs> out of debt at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they made a lot of money from Tommy. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Yeah, because I know it was, I remember seeing like some kind of receipts of like smashed equipment, and then yes, they were they, like balanced they, against like income. Well, and they was, hadn't made it with Tommy. They probably were going to disband because they were so badly in debt, not getting where they wanted to be as a band. Well, I guess it worked out pretty good for him, yeah, right? Really good. Yeah. All right. Well, um, with so we're that, ready to head out into a, a, a new transition for me, and we're talking about another band for me that was a uh, monumental, uh, life-changing experience to see the Mahavishnu Orchestra. So you you, you seeing them live was the, that, or listening to their music no, first? No, it was live, and uh, I didn't know who they were. I never heard of them, but they opened up for Emerson, Lake, and Palmer at Winterland. Okay. I went to go see, and the Mahavishnu Orchestra came out and played music like I never heard of before. All right. So well, with ready. that said, <laughs> we're going to see what this fuss is all about.
calles en tono resbalen Y de repente todo el mundo despertó Y mi abuelito su escopeta disparó Por la ventana mi suegra gritaba auxilio Y mi chamaca prendía en el televisor Ay no, así no, no Se ve muy mono jugando al borrachito Ay no, así no, no Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Al día siguiente la cruda me entumió Con un aliento de aguacate y chicharrón Leí una carta que mi esposa había dejado Donde me enviaba a la China y a Torreón Pobre de mí a Guadalupe, merci please Era una punta de importancia sin igual Y me eligieron el marido liberal Concientizado y donde quiera todo dar Ay no, así no, no Se ve muy mono jugando al borrachito Ay no, así no, no Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Ahora no sepo ni siquiera dónde empezar Mi esposa envía sus postales del Hawái Lavando trastes, ropa, piso y a los niños Se acaba el jugo, el tiempo y la oportunidad Cuidado raza, no la vayan a regar Que la botana siempre tiene su medida Cosa ratito sin que te domine el vicio Y ya verás que tu familia mantendrás Ay no, así no, no Se ve muy mono jugando al borrachito Ay no, así no, no Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Ay no, así no, no Se ve muy mono jugando al borrachito Ay no, así no, no Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Usted es casado y tiene la obligación Yeah, that's uh, uh, Los Paludos Los Paludos And that was um, uh, uh, El Borrachito Yeah, um, so I, Phil, I was telling Phil that um, I played this because uh, it was sitting outside the radio station when I got here, and it still had the the cover on it, and it was almost like it was thrown away, like a. I think like somebody a piece left it here, so you might play it. Um, I I'd like to think that and you've made their wish come true, and and I did, and that was uh that's good, that's a good uh, trad sounding record. Um, so Want to talk about what we did? So we uh, started off with a uh, whole new direction there with the uh, Mahavishnu Orchestra. And, and a group that I saw uh, opening up for Emerson, Lake, and Palmer in 1972, and it shocked my system. 
Yeah, all so those I was, notes. <laughs> I was never the same after I saw that. I said, wow, a total new musical direction for me. And it just opened my mind up for uh, jazz and jazz rhythms and the possibility of just not 4-4 four, four time. Yeah, no, and that stuff is like... Um, it's complicated and it goes and it's man, it moves Very powerful music. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I was telling, uh, Phil that I kind of, I, I, you know, and I've, I've talked about this before my, my, uh, prog rock and would you call that prog? That's not really progressive. It's more it's fusion. fusion. It's fusion for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it is, but it's almost, I don't know that my issue. There's something more um, that's got kind of a uh, uh, like a spiritual thing to it, you know. And not that fusion music didn't, but that like it had like a, like a little. Well, I think he tried a, to another convey another that layer. a lot. He tried to convey his spiritual being with the music. That yeah, was part of his uh, thing. I think John that, McLaughlin, of course, yeah. was the leader of the group, and that was he was uh, following the Sri Chimnoy at the time, which was his guru. Oh, okay. All right. So there. All right. So, um, man, I was spot on then. <laughs> yes, you were. I'm impressed. Uh, and then what do we? And what then, else we then got? You leaped into a, another. Uh, uh, here's your progressive group, Emerson Lake and Palmer. Emerson Lake and Palmer. So we did Tarkus, and uh, we did like the, yeah, a couple tra the uh, cut one and two, um, whatever they are. You can look it up. Uh, did you write those down? Uh, I just said two tracks. Yeah, two tr first two tracks, um, but. Uh, I was telling Phil that was like my one of my first records I got from Record Club of America. Um, there were there were two other ones and I, I can't remember, but that one made a really uh, real um, impression on me as a young you know whatever I was. Well, that was quite a 11. show that I saw where it was uh, Mahavishnu opening for Emerson Lake and Palmer. That's and crazy. So that was like a show you walked away just shaking your head, going, "Man, that was something else." <laughs> I bet just totally blew your mind. And where was that at? That, it was another Winterland show. Oh man. All right, Winterland. Great place. Uh, and then after that, uh, after two tracks of Tarkas, we played a little bit of Santana. After, yeah. After the first group broke up and Carlos reformed with some of the members from the original group and then a whole new direction for himself, he too had been very influenced by John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra. Right. So that's where he changed uh, with the album Caravanserai, where our track came from. Yeah, I have that record. Yeah, so that was the La Fuente del Ritmo and a really uh, beautiful track from uh, Carlos and the boys on that one. Yeah, I saw him, um, I saw Carlos uh, a few times in, in the later years, but uh, one um, show that really sticks in my mind <laughs> is uh, they backed up uh, the Rolling Stones in Detroit. So it was probably uh, early 80s whatever that Jovan tour, the Rolling Stones first tour that was like sponsored by, you know, a, a, a third party. Right. It was like, they present beer companies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> company it's like, that one? yeah. Um, but it was the bill was, so it was Iggy pop, uh, Santana and uh, the Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. So it, it was, it was an awesome show. Iggy just tore it up and confused people. And, Santana came out and they were just, it, I was just like transported, right? Um, and the band was so excellent and, the, and they just it just played and, and it wasn't like, you know, they just played and, and they would just take you away these, you know, six, seven, ten minute songs and just, uh, it was phenomenal. 
And then the Stones came out, and it was it was just like, God, they just they're not very good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like it was so. They were um, going through the motions. Yeah, and it was so staged, and and you know, with background musicians and all like like cheesy, and you know. Contrasted with support for the stones. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a great. It wasn't a great um, show. That for was me. a stadium show. Um, what's that? Was it a stadium show? It it was. It was at the Silverdome, I think, in Detroit or outside Detroit. So you know, on their their new uh, record, they're releasing uh, in November. Uh-huh. Uh, they're doing a promo where they're going to release uh, vinyl showing the various stadiums that they played in the United States. Ooh, um, so like different cuts from from. No, they're gonna different different albums are gonna have like uh, Candlestick Park, Oakland Coliseum, maybe okay. the Silver Dome. Oh, they're they're just gonna release the whole shows as yeah, a record. Well, they're gonna release the whole record with a picture of that okay. show where they played. Right, right. To sort of uh, make tribute to the the various stadiums they played in the United States. Oh man, yeah. Um, I mean, I saw them in '78. That was good. The Some Girls tour. That was that was that was a better tour. That was excellent. Yeah, that was really, uh, that was just a special day. You know, it was like, you know, at Soldier Field, like 80,000 people and just, uh, you know, young and dumb and, you know, hot. Day on the green. Yeah, basically. Day in the mud. So we're going to make a transition here. We're going to move on to yeah. the, the next, uh, which is. Uh, I'm holding on. Hold on. Let me get a grip. Okay. So we've got a, uh, we're moving into the jazz section here. So. One of being an aspiring drummer that I was a youth playing in my various rock and roll bands, uh-huh. I was very interested in drummers, and I finally got to see the the greatest of them all, 1970, playing on a bill with Ten Years After. It was Buddy Rich, and so I brought Buddy Rich along on this uh, particular track called Time Check. Thank you. 
Bug Out Square. Thanks for doing what you got to do. This is uh, Phil. Thank you so much for coming in. It's always oh, enjoyable. Had a great time. Let's run it down real yeah. quick. Uh, so for the jazz transition for me, we broke into the Buddy Rich with a little time check. We followed up with a little Gene Cooper with the drum boogie. And then we broke into Coltrane and his quartet. We did impressions and now you did a little Miles Davis. Okay, and then and we're going to get... for the Bug House and we're going to sign out with a little... Joe Satriani. All right, dig that. And um, thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Uh, remember the Comedy Fest. Please patronize those those shows if you're looking Please for a comedy. Help, out the Bug House Square H- help it out. Radio. Contribute if you can. Please.